The beginning of the text in Vayakara, Vayakara uh, 16th chapter, we're going to be in chap- chapter 16, verse 1. And the Lord spoke with Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons when they, were, when they brought strange fire before the Lord and died. The Lord said to Moshe, Speak with your brother Aaron, and he should not be entering at all times into the sanctuary behind the curtain in front of the cover of the ark so that he does not die. And since I am revealed in the cloud and in the area over the cover, only in this way should Aaron be entering the sanctuary with the bull of the herd for the guilt offering, the ram for the burnt offering. He shall wear a tunic of linen of holiness with, with its breeches of linen on his flesh and shall gird himself with a sash of linen, shall place a miter of linen upon his head and, they, and the sacred vestments. Uh, he must bathe his body in water and then put them on. I'll stop right there for a moment. And after the death, now we, the point is, is right before we go into the, the ceremony of Yom Kippur, we have the mentioning of the death of Aaron's two sons. Before I get into uh, the lesson, I would like to cover some of these because the meat of the lesson is coming later on with Yom Kippur. Uh, today's lecture is going to be called um, The Two Goats on Yom Kippur, or Why Two Goats on Yom Kippur. Um, interestingly enough, the question is asked by the sages of blessed memory, why do they bring up the death of Aaron's two sons right before Yom Kippur? Number one was to, to emphasize to Aaron and to actually the people that will later read this, the importance of Yom Kippur. It's not like any other day. It's not like the daily sacrifices. It's not like the special sacrifices that are brought on other high holy days. But Yom Kippur is a special day. It's the one time a year in which the Haikhoen Gadol enters into the, the, um, the Holy of Holies, and there he offers up incense to Hashem. The question is, and it's been a debate among the sages for generations, why the death of Nadab and Abihu? Why? What did they do wrong? Were they sinning? Was it a sin that they had committed? Because the issue is, is that we've read in the text a couple of weeks ago in the actual incident, Hashem said that he would be sanctified by those who enter the sanctuary, right? He would be sanctified by them. And there is one commentary that says that Nadav and Abahu were at such a place of holiness that they, um, they, when they entered in to the Holy of Holies, which they shouldn't have, right? Because who was supposed to go in it? The high priest. Only the high priest. But that when they went into the, high, to the, uh, to the Holy of Holies, they were kissed by God and were brought out. The question would be is if Aaron would have went into the Holy of Holies on another day beside Yom Kippur, would that happen to him? It's a question that needs to be asked. Nevertheless, the instruction is given to Aaron from Moshe, do not go into this but once a year. And when you do, this is how you're going to dress. The second thing that we might see, and the reason why Aaron's two sons were killed at uh, in the Holy of Holies, possibly not wearing the proper vestments. 
I don't think it's one issue. It's a number of issues. Is it the fact that they brought incense in, the wrong incense in? Did they, they, they get a fire off of the wrong offering? Did they make, you know, there's a number of questions. But all of that set aside, a very profound thing is spoken that I'm not sure that anybody has really picked up. It hit me like a ton of bricks today. Not just today, but during studying this. One of the things that we have discovered, if you do an internet search, Christians make all kinds of claims on this text from, from Yom Kippur. And they will say that, that Jesus is the scapegoat or the ultimate sacrifice, right? I mean, there's volumes of material in that. And I find it interesting. I don't believe that Christians are attempting to intentionally circumvent the truth. I really do believe that they do want a connection with Hashem. They really do want to connect to Hashem at the highest level. And they do really ser- they, they serve Hashem in their best of their abilities. Yet they're doing it out of their zeal and not out of, of um, wisdom. And I don't find it accidental at all. Of course, we know nothing in, in the Torah is accidental, but find it very profound that right before the Yom Kippur, the descriptions of Yom Kippur and what is to be done, it is mentioned about Aaron's two sons. And in this lecture today, I will attempt to show you how the Christian ideas of Yom Kippur is like strange fire. They're wanting to be consumed by God. They want to have a relationship with God, but it's out of order. It's not in order. Okay, And I'll, I'll, I hope to be able to demonstrate that today with a few, uh, a few of these uh, facts. The idea that uh, the strange fire that was brought down, there are many explanations from Maimonides to to just all of the great sages of blessed memory have said all kinds of things about the subject. Nevertheless, the one fact we know, it was out of order, period. Whatever they did, it was out of order. And when something is out of order, uh, it, it, it changes the creative order of things. There are some things that are wrong because they're just out of order. Aaron is being instructed by Moshe, and in this text we ended up right at the place where it says he is to bathe his body, verse 4. And it says, And from the, the community of Israelites, he shall take two he goats for a guilt offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron should bring near his guilt offering bull a, 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 to atone for himself and the people of his household. So before Yom Kippur, Aaron is to take a bull and he is to atone for his household and for himself, right? Now let me just say, let, let me make this point. For those who are watching that might may be Christian, which there are quite a few, your ideas of atonement and the Jewish idea of atonement are, are quite different. The Christian idea of atonement is um, a forever forgiveness of sins. It's to remove your sins, right? Atonement means a covering, meaning that, that this has been made right before Hashem, right? That it's, it's been made right before Hashem. It's, 
it's now been given its proper due to do what it needs to be done. For example, if I were going to uh, cook a meal uh, and I pulled pans out of the, the cupboard uh, and I'm not sure whether they had been washed properly because there's just a little bit of debris on it, I would take it, especially if it's an iron skillet, wash it in, in, in water, put it on the stove and heat it up. What am I doing? I'm atoning for the meal that I'm getting ready to put on it. Does that make sense? I'm preparing it to put a meal on it. So the offerings and the priesthood had to be atoned so that they could do all of the elements of the, of the Yom Kippur service. Very important. It says in verse 7, He shall take two he goats and stand them before the Lord in the tent of meeting, entrance. Aaron shall place lots upon the goats, lot one, marked for the name of the Lord, and, and lot marked for Azazel. Aaron shall bring near the goat designated by lot before the Lord, make it the guilt offering, and the goat designated for the lot for Azazel is left standing while it is alive before the Lord to atone over it and send it off to Azel into the desert. Aaron shall offer his bull as a guilt offering to stone him, uh, to atone for himself and his people and his household. He shall slaughter his bull and guilt offering. He shall take a panful of coals of fire from the top of the altar of the Lord and two handfuls of ground aromatic spice. And he shall bring this behind the curtain. He shall put the incense spices on the fire before the Lord so that the incense cloud should envelop and cover over the ark of the testimony so that he does not die. He shall take some of the blood of the bull, sprinkle it it with his fingers over the cover of the east side. In front, he shall sprinkle the blood seven times with his finger. And he shall slaughter the people's guilt offering, the goat, and bring its blood and remain uh, behind blood behind the curtain. He shall do to its blood as he did with the bull's blood. He sprinkles it over the cover in the front of the cover, and he shall tone it in the holy of holies for the Israelites' uncleanliness and their rebelliousness, whatever their sin. He shall do likewise for the tent of meeting that dwell with them in uncleanness. Now, the strangest element of this service on Yom Kippur is set out in Achremot, is the ritual of the two goats, one being offered to Hashem and the other to be taken out into the desert called Azazel. Now, there are a lot of uh, commentaries that debate two sides of the issue of what this Azazel could mean. But before we get into the particulars of that, Let's remember some facts. Two, goats. They had to be identical in the way they look. They had to be without blemish, right? They couldn't have bruises. They couldn't have cuts on them. They couldn't have disease. Their fur had to be proper. Couldn't have any type of um, uh, uh, parasites eating on their flesh. Had to be perfect. So they both looked alike. A lot was drawn. So that meant that when the goats came, both looked just like, just alike. A lot is a, like a lottery, right? It's like uh, playing dice. They throw them down, and one for the goat that is to the Lord is taken and sacrificed. The one, the other one, Aaron puts his hands on its head and confesses the, sin of the sins of the nation on that goat. And then a, a scarlet yarn is tied to it. And it's led out into the wilderness, and some, some um, 
Some tradition says that he, the goat is cast out over a cliff. The other says it wanders out into the wilderness. It is quite a, uh, an interesting thing. You know, normally, confession was made over the animal that was going to be brought in and sacrificed. Why, in this instance, is confession made over the animal that's let go? It is an interesting concept. Why the divisions of the two offerings? That's, that is really the two... That's the important question. Because this is over two animals that look identical. There's nothing different about each other. Oh, except one is to the Lord and the other one is to Azazel. According to the sages and Rashi, this is meant, Azazel, means a steep, rocky, hard place. Uh, according to Nachmanides, uh, he explicitly says Azazel was the name of a demon or a spirit, uh, referring to something like the pantheon, the pan of the Greek gods mythology. Why two goats rather than one? Maimonides offers uh, this compelling explanation. He says this is really a symbolic drama that is being played out before the people of Hashem. Very powerful drama. Let me ask you this question. On Yom Kippur, who forgives sins? Hashem. And how do we know that? Because Ezekiel tells us, uh, Ezekiel 18 tells us that all souls belong to me. A soul that sins shall live, a soul that does not, that, that sins shall die. He says in Deuteronomy that a son cannot die for the sins of a father, or a father for a son. He also says that in Ezekiel. So something very powerful is coming to our mind that we realize that it's not the goat that removes the sin. Because we know very clearly that confessing sins, a goat cannot carry the burdens of the sins of a nation. Why? Because you and I are responsible for our own sins. We cannot confer our sins to another inanimate object or another animal. But what was the meaning behind this? It was symbolic and was a powerful message. There is no doubt that sin cannot be carried like a burden on an animal or another human being. We know it very clearly and explicitly from the Scripture that God says that no one can bear the sin of another. No one. But these ceremonies, being symbolic as they are, serve to impress the people of God with a certain idea and to induce them to repent as if to say, we have fed ourselves, freed ourselves from the previous deeds and ungodliness, we've confessed them, and now they're able to be removed from us as far away as they possibly can be. What is it really telling us? The simplest answer is that the high priest service on Yom Kippur was it intended to achieve something other than more than ordinary sacrifices. This was something very unique. The Torah specifically specifies two objectives. On this day, atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then before the Lord, you will be cleansed from all of your sins. Normally, all that was aimed at was atonement. 
on Yom Kippur, something else was aimed at, and that was cleansing and purifying the people. Which means that sin, once it's committed, leaves a stain. Now, what what do you mean by that? We know that when we sin and we commit a sin, we have a grievance now that is between us and Hashem and then someone that we have sinned with. But even after that sin has been forgiven by the Creator of the universe and may be forgiven by the person you've perpetrated that sin upon, there's still the the stain of that sin. There's still the, the thing in the back of your mind that knows, I still did that. What did Hashem want the people to see once a year at Yom Kippur? He wanted them to see that every year, regardless of what you have done, and no matter how much you vexed yourself, you truly still carry the stain of that sin on you. You still remember it. It stains the conscious. But what Hashem wanted to tell you is this. Your sin, as far as I'm concerned, is like putting it on the back of a goat and sending it off in the wilderness to die. It is never to be carried. You're to be cleansed from your sins. That's what Hashem is trying to tell them. The goat did not take their sins away. I'll make it very clear. The goat did not take their sins away. The goat was representative of the sins that God has removed. He said, I would remember your sins no more. It's a beautiful analogy. David Hamelik. Yes, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so, so this is... Oh, very good, very good question. Right, there's no sacrifice for intentional sin. It seems to indicate it, but let me explain to you. Very, very good point. So all sacrifices were for unintentional sin, meaning that there were no sacrifices for an intentional sin. However, once a year, if you had committed an intentional, an intentional sin, and you had vexed yourself during that year and rectified the sin that you had committed against man, at Yom Kippur, your sins would be forgiven. Does it make sense? At Yom Kippur, it was like the final wash. It's all over. You know that if you did the right tshuva during the year, at Yom Kippur, God will remove your sins from His mind. You are, you are no longer stained by your sin. And the reason, it's interesting because last week's part, Parsha por, uh, portion talks about the, the sin of tzarat, or leprosy, right? And what was the remedy for that? Two, dark, two, two turtle doves. Remember that? One taken away and the other purified through the, uh, the blood and the, and the water. And that would, that would testify to his purity. What did it mean? It meant that even though the guy had committed a sin, he still had the sin of Tzarats or the, the stain of Tzarats on him. And only the high priest could make the decision, even with the, there's still a, you can still see some discoloration, but the priest is going to declare him clean. And if he's going to declare him clean, he does it through a ritual. And in the mind of that man that comes, he says, though I still may feel I have the stain on me, one bird is taken and let go with just a little bit of the stain. It's an amazing analogy, beautiful analogy. And, I, and this will get to a bigger, bigger thing in a moment. David Amelik says, after he had the sin with um, Bathsheba, he says, wash me thoroughly of my iniquities and cleanse me of my sin. David Amelik didn't have a sacrifice, did he? Did Nathan tell him to go do a sacrifice? What did he tell him to do? He rent his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and cried out to Hashem. So really, atonement is for acts. 
purification is for a person. Atonement is for the acts that you have done in the past, and purification is for the person. Hashem says, yes, I want you to know I've forgiven you of the acts, but I will purify you because I will remove the stain from you and let it go out into the wilderness. What a beautiful, beautiful analogy. The simplest explanation for the sacrificial goat, which is called the kapara atonement of the sacrificial goat, the goat is sent away, sent away symbolizing cleansing the moral stain. But perhaps there is something more fundamental to the symbolism of the two goats. Now follow me for a moment. You know, the birth of monotheism in the world changed the way the world saw judgment, justice, mercy, etc. If you were a pagan and you had done something wrong, then you appealed to a certain demagogue on your behalf. And then that demagogue goes and helps fight you for your, on your behalf, right? He fights against the elements of the gods that want to bring just, uh, justice or what do you call it, uh, judgment upon you. And then this other god, he comes around and he appeals to you and he helps you out. And so you have all of these gods and demagogues fighting against each other. And that was the classic sort of uh, polytheistic uh, world that they lived in. When monotheism came along, it took it from out there and put it in here. Let me explain. In the old days, when someone had committed something wrong, then they would go to the gods or they would say, well, this god made me do that. So I'm going to go appeal to this God to help me out for what I just did over here. It's obfuscation. It's not taking responsibility. How many times have you heard people say, the devil made me do it? Right? It's not the devil. It's you. You need to take responsibility for you. Right? Jim tells us that. Interesting. So once again, the whole idea of forgiveness and justice and mercy and retaliation and retribution, all is in one Thing, and that is in the mind of God. So the creator of the universe that can judge can also be the creator of the universe that can forgive and show justice and mercy. It's all in him. It's a beautiful idea to understand. As I said, monotheism relocates conflict from being out there to in here, transferring it from the objective fact about the world to an internal contest within the mind. Why the two goats? We have a Yetzirah and Yetzatov. Why the two goats? Because we have the spiritual capacity and we have the intellectual capacity. Why the two goats? Because we're made up of flesh and spirit. Why two goats is the same reason why Hashem gave us this wonderful story about Yaakov and Esau wrestling in the womb of a mother. Two nations fighting within a mother. The whole idea is that this epitomizes the two natures within us, that we cannot go outside to resolve the problem, but it's internally. It means that inside of us, we have got to wrestle. And one has to take the responsibility of the sin. What part of the Yetzirah or the Yetzirah, which one of those take the responsibility of sin? The Yetzirah, right? It should take the responsibility of the sin. And that Yetzirah is the reason why sin took place. So at Yom Kippur, what is being visualized is you standing before Hashem, your two parts of yourself, Yetzir Tov, Yetzir Your Yetzir Tov says, Hashem, I come before you 
and I give myself as a sacrifice. That's why the one goat is taken and its blood given. And the Yetzirah says, Hashem, on Yom Kippur, because you have forgiven me and removed my sins from me, my Yetzirah will go as far from me as it can ever be. Don't want it around me. It doesn't need to be here anymore. What a beautiful thing to realize what this means. The supreme expression of the opposite, the ethic of responsibility is an act of confession. It was me, and I offer no excuses, merely admission, remorse, and determination to change. That, in essence, is what the high priest did on behalf of the whole nation. And what we now do as individuals and communities on Yom Kippur, we all come in after fasting for this whole period of time, and we, we stand before Hashem and we say, here we are, it's, we're laid open, we're at your mercy, but we recognize what you've done for us. This year at Yom Kippur, you're going to approach it totally different because you're going to see the fact that Hashem is telling you that on Yom Kippur, He takes your Yetzer Tov, He takes that part of you that has goodness and righteousness, and He allows that other part to be separated from you. He doesn't see the stain. It's no, there, no longer there. Perhaps the significance of the two goats also, the identical appearance yet opposite in faith, is simply this, that they are both of us. The goat represents both of us. It's not another person. It's not the sinful people and us good people. It's both of us. It's inside of us. Yom Kippur is a ritual dramatizing the fact that we have within us two inclinations. I said the Yetzirah, Yetzirah. The two goats, the two systems, we offer to God, but we offer... Uh, but the other we disown. What do we disown? The Yetzer Hara. From this, we have learned the foundation of forgiveness of sin. We've learned that all men, all mankind, can have forget, sins forgiven. And when there was a temple, there, there were sacrificial systems set up for mankind to draw near to Hashem, Kurban, and by doing so, by bringing offerings. But these offerings were to address the issues of unintentional sin so a person can draw close to them. If a person intentionally sins, they immediately are separated from God and cannot bring offerings for that sin. What do they have to do? They have to repent. And they vex themselves. And then at Yom Kippur, they know for sure that it's all gone. That, that's Hashem saying, once a year, I want you to know, whatever you've done in the year, and, and one, you know, the sages of blessed memory, some of them have actually said that, it's, that at Yom Kippur, whether someone asks for forgiveness or not, their sins are forgiven. I mean, that's how powerful that Hashem wants to say, it's a redo, it's a restart. Now, obviously, we know that your parnasah, your, your parnasah, your your, your uh, finances, your health, your uh, uh, what do you call it? The, your well-being is tied up at Yom Kippur because if you approached it with tshuva, you've approached the whole year with tshuva. Then obviously Hashem is going to deal with you with mercy. At the same time, we know that if someone is required to go through extra suffering because they haven't done tshuva, Yom Kippur and that season, that period is when it is decided.